Welcome to another edition of Fix Your Franchise. It's just a fix it, fix it, and the only way to fix it is to listen to the show. So you might think of us just the normal guys, but if you've been listening to the show, you know better than that. You know that we are the top prospects of GMs in the country right now. Actually, I've been being recruited a lot lately. So I'm Adam Dirty. We got. Big tug in the building. And of course, we've always got Coach Red, the mastermind behind the whole thing. So today we're going to be covering the Giants. Um, They've got a lot to do to fix their franchise. They thought they had figured something out the last couple of years and it didn't work out. And so now they're going to have to come up with some sort of a new strategy. Um, We're going to try to figure that out for you right now. So if you're a Giants fan, listen up and spread the word because we're about to let you know how to fix the franchise. Uh, Coach Red, you want to start us off? Uh, let us know kind of what you think they need to do to fix the franchise. Giants took a good step forward this offseason already in letting go of Joe Judge, who decides to run a quarterback sneak on a third and nine from his old goal line. So they're already winning over hearts of the fans in New York for the termination of Joe Judge. But bringing in a Great offensive mind who similarly has ties to New England, but has bounced around a little bit more recently coming from the Bills, and that's Brian Dable. I think it's big for this team offensively. I think their defense is still average and serviceable because they do have some good key players there. The offense has been where this team has really struggled in. They've struggled in a variety of ways. They've struggled with underperforming youngsters and veterans with the injury bug. So this is a team that doesn't have a lot of cap space currently clocking in at a negative cap space. They do have some options there by trading and restructuring of three guys in my mind. And that's James Bradbury, Sterling Shepard and Blake Martinez are all guys that you can get significant savings from by either moving on from or restructuring, but they've got 11 picks in the upcoming draft two in the top seven with their draft trade last year with the bears. So this is a team that does have assets, although it not might not be monetary right now. They do have some assets to move forward. Right, They're so. a hot mess. <laughs> I mean, we're supposed to give. Sorry, it was to- like a five-second silence. They are a hot mess right now. Yes. Okay, here's here's what I have to say about them being a hot mess. They certainly are. What's that? I said, here's the thing about them yeah. being a hot mess. It could be a lot effing worse. <laughs> because listen, here's well, yeah, here's the rest of their division. Uh, I don't know, hot mess, Washington Commodores, hot mess, Dallas Cowboys, hot mess, Eagles. Like they're full, they're they're the division of hot mess. So, like, they're right where they want to be in the middle of this hot mess. If anyone can, like, make a playoff run as being a hot mess team, they have the best chance because they're playing in a division full of hot messes. <laughs> like, that's what it's going to be. Call, did you just call the Washington football team the Commodores? Well, what do they call now? Commanders? I like Commodores yeah. more, though. 
I would have taken the conversation. I do too. Okay. I wanted them to be the Shout warthogs. Shout out to uh, the Washington I like football the war team. Warpigs or warthogs, yeah. Uh, yeah, they are, podcast, but the Eagles are, trending, the Eagles are trending the right way, right? In the division. They're trending right, yeah. For the most part. I don't know how you can say it could be worse. They're 4 and 13, and they're negative $6 million on their cap. It doesn't get much worse than that. The only bright spot is the fact that they've got Danny Nichols. Pick, pick, pick five and pick seven. Are we talking Nick about bright spots, Danny Nichols? Bright spots, I'm hoping, is Mitch Trubisky gets picked up and they just bench Danny Nichols like they need to. <laughs> that's my bright spot, is that there's a free agent available that's better than their starting quarterback that they've invested, what, four years in now? Three? Uh, this will be year four coming up. God, it seems like so much longer. I know. Yeah, they have the option to pick up that fifth-year option, which I don't think that they can feasibly do. No, not at all. Not unless they're going to get a you know Western family deal on him. Oh boy, Giants are rough. What are what are we doing? You want to go free agents or you want to go draft? I'd say let's start with the draft. Let's start with the brightest of bright spots because pick five and seven, they're going to fall into some good talent either way. Brightest of bright spots, you know, they've got a stud of a running back and he's not completely hurt and always on the sidelines. So what do you do to fix it? You pick one of the two offenses that will be there. No matter what, you're going to have a top 10 offensive tackle sitting there waiting for you at five. Whether... Daquanu slips, which I don't see it. And if they if if the Jaguars take Aquanu, then Neil slips, but you know, I don't, I still don't see him falling past three. God forbid he does, they're gonna swoop up either one of them. If they're both gone at at three, four, five, you know, they've got Charles Cross sitting there. He's a top ten guy no matter what, whether I mean, I think it all comes down to where the chips fall, whether Hamilton slips because of his poor combine, you know, the other day. He, he ran slower than a lot of people anticipated. You know, he might slip down boards. Uh, Thibodeau might slip down a little bit down board. You know, it might be able to swoop one of those two guys as a pick number five, um, which ultimately would lead them to Charles Cross at seven. Or vice versa, they could pick up Charles Cross at five if Thibodeau and and uh, Kyle Hamilton are already gone, and they'd still be able to pick up that elite edge rusher at seven, like Jermaine Johnson, or you know even pick up. I could see him splashing, taking Sauce Gardner, and cutting Bradbury, getting that twelve mil savings. Yeah, I think I it really. See it. I think what happens in for me is at pick five, you look to see if one of those guys fell. If if Thibodeau's there, that's that's the guy. And then if Charles Cross goes, you know, pick six to the Panthers, I say you go Trevor Penning. Mean streak, been flying up draft boards, freakishly athletic, and the dude punishes people. I watched him in senior bowl highlights and he is ragdolling. 
defenders, ragdolling them. Yeah, he is. But I, is he worth a top seven pick? I've seen him go in top ten left and right. I mean, his floor is easily in the teens, but I've been seeing him go top ten pretty consistently, and I've seen a lot of guys that I follow in the draft process that are pretty spot on, and they've been slotting Penning above Charles Cross just for overall play. If you're looking for best peer pass blocker in the entire NFL draft, it might be Charles Cross. Yeah. I'd... But if you love Charles Cross, you want him to protect that blind side, then you might go Charles Cross at five. And then you could also have like Trayvon Walker out of Georgia, who's been flying up as well with a freakishly good combine in that seven spot. Dude, you're going to solidify the lines in those first two picks. You have to. Trayvon Walker. Hey, hey, I've got, I've got a, an option to do as well. How hit me? How how do you feel about this? And I know this sounds a little bit crazy, but you pick a running back and turn it into a competition against the rookie, to where you're either gonna make Barkley fight or flight like kind of thing. Do you want to do something like that to him? Do that he's capable of handling that, or I mean, because there's some pretty good running backs out there. Pick 36. Are they do the thing at okay. They're not wasting a top 10 pick on this. They've learned every team in the NFL has learned since it, basically Ezekiel Elliott. You know, if you find these gems later on in the, the draft, it, yeah. it, it is painful to see people picking in the top. I mean, Carson. they wasted the second overall pick on Barkley. Right, and, and look what's happened. He's been hurt all the time. Zeke Elliott's been hurt all the time. McCaffrey's been hurt all the time. You know, those high top 10 running back draft picks are the ones that never pan out or, you know, statistically Rarely, have yeah. And then you get, you get people like Kamara in the third and Dalvin Cook, you know, very early in the, in the second round. You know, you get these workhorse backs, Joe Mixon, mid-second round. I mean, you can find – really good running backs a lot later than top 10 picks. I mean, if they're going to, they're going to bring in a running back, they're going to do it at 36 or 67. They're not no chance. They're going to do it top 10. And if they go 36. Okay. So if they do, let's say they do 36. Do you think that's a good idea or a bad idea? Do you think it's a good idea to try to light something underneath Barkley's ass and maybe even make him a little more not trade him when his contract is done? No. And then have someone already set up a great he is an absolutely great back. I think that all he needs is an offensive line. Think about what he did. He tore it up his first two, you know, year and a half in the league. He just killed it. But he had a better line then. You know, he had Zeitler on the inside blowing that apart. And and now he's got, you know, third string region Billy Price starting in form. He's getting crushed at the, you know, in the one and two gap, and he has nothing that he can do. I think you you stack that offensive line and and actually blow a hole open for for Barkley and he'll he'll show you what he's gonna you know what he's capable of. And I think that at, at that pick thirty six, you could go running back and then use your bevy of third and fourth round picks to look at the interior offensive line. You still have Andrew Thomas that's going to be starting in one of your tackle spots, 
So at those later picks, that's where you attack the interior offensive line. Shane Lemieux has played all right in reserve after coming in for Will Hernandez, who's going to be for sure leaving. But at pick 36, yeah. you go out with a guy that really boosted his stock this last weekend in Brees Hall. Brees Hall, baby. The dude has 41 touchdowns in the last two years. Granted, he's playing in the Big 12, but 41 touchdowns is nothing to bat your eye out. He tested extremely well. Isn't he the only back to not drop a pass in the last, like, two years? Did you did you get up Amazon and stat that? No, I, I, I'm not giving Bezos my money for that. Um I feel like they talked about that during the, the combine that he was just kind of off the charts and the last guy to do it. Oh gosh, who was the last guy to do it? But either way, he he can catch passes out the backfield too. And I mean that that's something that I, I could see him making that reach at 36 for sure. And at so that for, point for too, Hall, you're saying? Yeah. And okay, at that point I, too, I, you I just looked go. up his times. Uh four three nine on his forty. And a 40 inch vertical. Yeah. So we kind of showed out a little bit. And you can do a straight timeshare with him and Barkley and take some of the load off them because they've been trying <clears> to <throat> hammer it. They've, they've already cut Kyle Rudolph. They've already cut Devonte Booker. So that you look at the tight end room right now, you've got what Levine toy Lolo is the only guy that you have on roster with Evan Ingram being a free agent. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're hurting. For, I mean, they've got head case Kadarius Tony, oft injured Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, who's going to need to take a pay cut or isn't going to be on this team anymore. I think you use this year to catapult Dable because he's a premier passing guy. You look at the Bills the last couple of years, they haven't been able to establish the run. I think you need to establish the run with this team until you get a quarterback that can do the things that you need him to do in that Dable offense. Granted, you look at Josh Allen, who was one of the premier running quarterbacks in the NFL, and Daniel Jones, it, that's his best trait is running the rock. Maybe maybe we just turn this into the triple option here in New York. Sorry, I was going to make a comment earlier that like uh, Daniel Jones's best games look like uh, Josh Allen's mediocre games where you're like, oh, man, Josh could have done a little better. But when when Daniel does it, it looks like he's tearing it up. Those those four wins, he looked like probably four of the Bills' losses that Josh Allen played. (laughs) Is this stat true? I looked up Kenny Galladay, and the first thing that popped up is that meme going around Facebook where it says Kenny Galladay, his his salary is more than the WNBA collectively, like every player combined. God, I, I don't. It said, it said something to the extent of Kenny Galladay is paid more annually in the entire WNBA to not score a touchdown. I've seen a few different memes with a few different athletes like that, but 
depending on what he makes. Is that like, true? I mean, it's, he's, it's very he's well got played. a pretty hefty deal, but I can't believe that to be true just based on volume. But, I mean, I was looking up their spot track and looking at their top paid players, and you've got Kenny Galladay, you've got James Bradbury, you've got Leonard Williams, and then I believe their centers clocking in as their number four guy, and I'm just like – man, you are not talking about a bunch of impact guys sitting there as your top moneymakers on this team. And when you look at a team that right now is over the cap, I mean, what what was Joe Judge doing with this squad? What was Dave he Gettleman is, doing? He thought Jones was going to be a savior. He thought he was going to be an Andrew Luck is what he thought he was going to be. And he was far from it. And oh. most people knew that. But he saw a little bit of something to where he's like, maybe this is my one. Four years, $72 million, $40 million guaranteed. Ken Holiday. Yeah. That's $18 million a year to average. Let's see. Giants stats. He didn't do much dun, last year. Injured. Yeah, he didn't do I know for a fact. I don't even care. He was on my fantasy team. Got <laughs> a long of 36, 37 receptions, and 500 yards. Man, that hurts. Yeah. Very much. But like we said, you can go ahead and get some of those guys here in the later rounds. I mean, granted, a lot of those Blazers that we saw in the combine aren't going to be there. But if you look in the third round, there's going to be some interesting options, especially if you move on from a Sterling Shepard. You've got plenty of options later in this draft it's a deep wide receiver draft with a wide variety of skill sets if you're looking for a guy to take that sterling shepherd role he could possibly still be there around in the third round and that's calvin austin out of memphis who's quick off the line very shifty as well which gives you a lot of sterling shepherd vibes in my mind and with potentially a healthy kenny galladay and a potentially healthy Kadarius Tony that could give you a younger wide receiving core to build going forward. You just got to worry about the health and head capacity of Tony because the guy has the best game of his career and gets ejected in the first quarter of the next game and then is injured for the rest of the year. No. About this, cut cut Kenny Galladay and sign Christian Watson at 36. You aren't. You can't cut Kenny Galladay. He's owed way too you much dead money. Yeah, and you would also save thirty-two million. What are you going to eat off the bat, though? Eighteen. Dirty no. eighteen, so they're they're going to lose twenty-four. <laughs> He's forty million. He's at twenty-eight million guaranteed. Twenty-eight guaranteed. You cut him to you. Cut him a year in. He's already got 18 of it. You're only 10 million, 10 mil dead money in. No. Cut him. There's Cut no him. way. God. 
fix your fix your franchise looks at spot track live he could have a comeback season he's still capable of it i feel like so you've got him at a negative five their their cap space is actually negative 12 yeah yeah with kenny galladay though that'd be that'd be a cap hit of 23.6 this year that you'd have to eat which then which then put it puts you further uh, So they cut Kyle Rudolph already, right? Yeah. So they already saved five million there. Yep. What about Bradbury? Bradbury. Cut Bradbury, you're saving twelve. Yep. So here's another thing to think about. Sterling fact, Shepard, you guys already talked about it. So you talked about building the offensive line to get them a running game again. If you're going to build that offensive line, you're hopefully those linemen are also going to be decent at pass blocking as well so maybe a guy like Kenny Galladay could make two cuts before his quarterback got sacked it's true (laughs) but looking back at my least favorite contract from last year Adoree Jackson clocks in with the fourth highest cap hit on this team Adoree Jackson hey he's a good punt returner yeah, I'm so glad that he's on the hook for 15.2 mil against the cap. Oh, yeah, that's pretty rough, man. Real rough. All right, let's look at some. Let's look at some free agents that'll come play for free for these guys. Who we got? Who's playing for free? Let's see here. Free agents. Target. I'm, I'm sticking with Trubisky. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going Trubisky. I think Trubisky's their best option. Port's out there that he's going to clock in at 10-plus mil. So, pretty modest in the cap numbers for quarterbacks going out there. You could do some restructures. You can do some things to free up some money. What's happening with Watson right now? Is that an option for him? Who? Watson. No. They've got, no, the, I, I they've got the capital to do it, but not the cap space. Mm. Plus, I don't think if you're looking, if you're looking at the Texans, they're gonna want some good draft capital in return. And there's no way you can pay Daniel Jones at his current cap number because you can't cut him. So you're gonna be paying Daniel Jones and then also paying Sean Watson on top of that. And that puts, I mean, you've got Leonard Williams that's high on a cap number, over 20 mil. You've got Kenny Galladay, who's over 20 mil. You've got James Bradbury, who's currently over 20 mil. You've got my favorite, Dory Jackson, clocking in at over 15. Those are your top guys right now. That's a lot of top heavy money for guys that are not elite talents. Yeah. So you really got to lean on Dable. <clears throat> I think that you can look. Luckily, there's also a deep tight end draft this year that you shouldn't yeah. see guys coming off the board until the second round at best, and you're probably not going to see a big run on tight ends there. So with them having multiple third-round picks in that fourth-round pick, you know, they're clocking in at six picks in the top 104. So – being able to build yeah. in the trenches and then possibly bring in a competing back for Saquon and then 
getting a reliable pass catching tight end in those top picks is key then fill in with maybe some smaller school guys in those later rounds on the line and in the trenches to really help solidify this team from the trenches out. Okay. I like what you're saying. So how do you feel? We're talking free agents again. They need, they've got a pressing need at linebacker. Where do you think they go with that? I've got two guys in mind where I think they could go. Um, all hinging, of course, on whether or not they, they bring back Blake Martinez. If they're looking for, you know, a blitz-heavy scheme like they always are, which way they want to go with it. Well, it'll be interesting to see if they stick with that blitz-heavy scheme with Dable, though, in the new regime. But yeah, if I'm looking for guys that should be relatively inexpensive, a couple names that I could throw out there would be like an Alex Anzalone, who's a very gritty player coming from the Detroit Dannys, or possibly going with the guy that was on the Texans and Christian Kirksey. What about if you're trying to save some money, if you're trying to pick somebody up because he got he got replaced by somebody who just had an absolutely historic season and he's kind of on the downside and had a probably his worst season so far. And Lady go Vanderesh. with the late Vanderesh. I could see it. And it'd be a good pick. It absolutely that, or if you want to go with somebody who actually had a really good year, um, just production wise, Kaiser White from Chargers. Yep, I want to say, yeah, he had like 145 tackles last year, and you know, he's got the skill set that would be good for the Giants. He can blitz and he can drop back in coverage pretty well. And he's not going to be, uh, you know, on the, the the cap side of Leighton Vanderesh, but you know, he's like he's decent. He'd fill a void, and he'd come in at a at a lower tag than Martinez or Vanderesh. Yeah, no, I like I like going that route, but I think with hopefully Dable's going to have some good say here because I think what was it the. GM that came to the Giants is also a pretty big Bills guy. So they should be on the same page. And it doesn't hurt having 11 picks in your first draft to really invigorate a team. When you look at it, some of those later round picks aren't going to be there. So you're looking at nine players on your 51-man roster are going to be guys that this regime are bringing in. That's a pretty big – that's a pretty good injection of your type of guys. And then you look at some of the restructures that will happen and cuts that will happen, free agents they bring in you're going to be looking at a team that is 20% different or more from last year with guys that this regime wants in the building. Yeah. And you, you kind of touched on it earlier. I want to come back to, to wide receiver because you brought up addressing a potential Sterling Shepard replacement in the draft. And if they can't find that guy that they're absolutely in, in love with, you could find that speedy receiver in free agency, 
coming off one of the actual better seasons he's ever had. I mean, he kind of resurrected his career, but what about Zay Jones coming in probably about half the price of what Shepard's going to demand? Yeah, I do like, I do like Zay Jones, you know, former guy that was with Buffalo as well. Um, could that still have some connections there with Dable, you know, who was pounding the table for him before he was jumping out of hotel rooms? Yeah, absolutely. Dirty. I need, I need yeah. a, I think that out of all of us, you probably jumped out of the most hotel room windows. Can you give me a breakdown on the athleticness that is needed for jumping out of hotel room windows? All right, so there's a few things that come into play when you're jumping out of a hotel window. Um, so there's going to be dexterity, obviously. Like, you don't want to actually, like, go and hit the side of the window. You want to go right through the middle. So you're going to have a little bit of accuracy involved there as well. Um, so I would say the jumping out of the window, 9 out of 10, athleticism. Um, mm. Or intelligence i'm gonna give it a two out of ten because <laughs> oh, i thought we were going like negative five well i'm gonna give it two because in the moment i'm sure he thought it was a great idea <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he didn't he say he was like rescuing somebody like what was the story behind that which is what i would say as well <laughs> i think yeah i think that he was a hair inebriated at the time. And I only give it a two out of 10. You said you'd think it'd be a negative. Um, it is actually a negative eight, but it's a 10 out of 10 for what he thought the idea was at the time. <laughs> <laughs> when he was- Plus there was all those, uh, those paraplegic puppies that he was saving. To do it. yeah. <laughs> so when he jumped out of the window he, he got interviewed um, and in the, the video he's yelling I'm going to fight for Jesus I mean that's, that's where he went with it I mean at least he he didn't die but He's fighting for Jesus. Oh, no. Felony Jesus, Jesus is actually, I think he's one of the personal trainers um, on the team. I'm fighting for Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I like it. Um, for the record, whoever started, I don't even know what was, fan-sided? Fan-sided. They've got uh a mock draft going for the Giants as of, you know, up to two weeks ago, which was decent. Um, they've got Zach, this is their dream list, apparently. They've got Thibodeau going five, Linderbaum going seven, and then falling to 67, Zion Johnson. Yeah, get out of town. All right. We can all get live out the of dream. town. But that's why you come to our podcast where you can get the real scoop and actually have realistic real expectations scoop. for your team. And we'll, we might even throw in jumping. We'll talk about a free agent that you're probably not going to sign jumping out of hotel rooms. Yeah, right. Exactly. That is right. Rel 
relevancy on this podcast, guys. Let's yeah, talk about things that happened three years ago. Nailed We're it. talking about Zion here. We're drafting Zion Williamson as a new left tackle because <laughs> that boy got thick. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to about do it for our Giants episode today, guys. Um, that's how you got to fix your franchise. Uh-huh. I mean, so basically we landed on – I mean, I think the key point here was your offensive line. You've got two top ten Did you picks. land on your beat? Huh? <laughs> uh, I said, did you land on your feet? Oh. I was Ooh. going back to the joke again. Sorry. That's- Continue. You got two offensive picks. Yeah, and that's how you're going to fix your franchise. I mean, unless you guys got any final thoughts about how they think how we think that they should fix the franchise. I think that's pretty much the main thing right there. Kind of fix your cap space a little bit, but first of all, focus on your offensive line and yep. yeah, make those picks worth it. Cause you guys got some good picks this year. I mean, you're, what did, what do you say coach? They got how many in the top 100? They've got six picks in the top 103. Yeah. Come on. You, you guys got a chance here. Go so get players. Young bucks. Hashtag, hashtag draft good players, please. Hashtag draft good players. Yeah, that's how to fix the Giants. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We'll be again soon with our next team to fix your franchise. I'm Adam Dirty with Big Tug and Coach Red. Peace out. Woo.